Drop Bar Texas is brought to you by Jack Rue. Support the podcast by ordering your very own Drop Bar Texas kit by Jack Rue through the team store linked in the show notes. You can also go to jackrue.com, go to team stores, and search Drop Bar Texas. Thank you. Hello, welcome to Drop Bar Texas, a podcast about cycling in Texas. I'm Paul, and still your host, as this podcast goes into year five. Yes, you heard that right. This will be the fifth season of Drop Bar Texas. The first episode was posted back on January 15th, 2019. I hope you'll agree, these have gotten much better than the early episodes. I remember back then, reading off race results before I could get guests. Well... I do love talking about cycling and Texas, so I hope you will keep listening and folks will keep coming on too. So to start off this season, I've got David King from Sweetwater, Texas. David is a chiropractor, but he also organizes the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind, which is in its second year. With him are two-thirds of last year's podium, which listeners may recognize. Justin McQuarrie, and Matt Stevens. Justin describes himself as a pro-ish bike racer, type 1 diabetic, and new to gravel. He rides for Team Novo Nordisk, whose athletes all compete with type 1 diabetes. Justin was second in last year's inaugural Rattlesnake Gravel Grind. Matt is a cycling coach, bike fitter, and racer with over 20 years in the sport. He is supported by Lauf, Panaracer, Café du Cycliste, 100%, and Arundel. And Matt was third at last year's Rattlesnake Gravel Grind. Now, I'll get out of the way and on to the interview. So I really appreciate you guys taking some time this morning uh, to be on and talk about uh, the Rattlesnake uh, Gravel Grind. Of course, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Problem. Good. Well, um, well, da- David and I uh, spoke um, uh, a week ago, um, but we thought it would be good to to get you guys on too to talk about kind of your your experiences on it and and uh, kind of recap uh, the the gravel grind and the just how how all that that went. Um, but um, but da- David, f- first. Um, I guess if you could just talk a little bit about uh, who who you are and uh, how how you got involved with uh, the rattlesnake uh, gravel grind. Um, I was born here in Sweetwater and uh, been an avid cyclist my whole life. And most of the time growing up, it was just for transportation from here to there. But uh, got into racing and. Uh, originally got into helping out with bike races by beat the streets. It's a benefit for Cornerstone Christian school here in Sweetwater. Um, they started at year one and I'd been doing events for quite a while at that point. And, uh, the second year that it happened, I, uh, I volunteered to help with it. And I guess that's been going on. I guess this is going to be the 12th year. And I've been a part of that 
I guess, since the second year as far as organizing and promoting that event. Last year, the Junior Chamber of Commerce wanted to do a fundraiser for the volunteer fire departments in Nolan County and got together with me and started talking about doing a bike race. And I said, I enjoy gravel bike racing now. And so um, that's how the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind began. And uh, the volunteer fire departments are near and dear to my heart, myself and my dad and my sister. We're all uh, members of volunteer fire departments around here. Um, my family has a ranch out southeast of Sweetwater. And so with all the wildfires around here, it was uh, something that really fit and something that we uh, were passionate about. Um, and last year it really took off. We had a, a good group of guys show up and Matt and Justin are here with me today. And uh, they both participated and they both signed up for the second year. So I think that's a, a good thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Well, um, it, I mean, it's, it, it sounds like a, a cool event. I was checking it out online. Um, and it draws from the, the rattlesnake roundup that you guys, uh, have there in Sweetwater too, which is, which is interesting because, uh, I've always wondered exactly what that is. Uh, there, there's another little town that I've passed on, on the way to South Texas that, advertises a, a round a rattlesnake roundup and uh is that exactly what it sounds like you're, you're rounding up rattlesnakes <laughs> yeah um so the sweetwater rattlesnake roundup is the world's largest and every march the second weekend in march each year they bring about thirty thousand people to sweetwater um and that's put on by the sweetwater junior chamber of commerce it's a fundraiser for local people in need so um the Chamber of Commerce puts on the event. They uh, raise quite a bit of money. And then throughout the year, it's distributed to um, people in need, catastrophic events, hospital bills, house burns down, mm -hmm. um, anything like that in our community. They step up and they help out. Um, it's a it's a great event that draws people from all over and to pay tribute to the Rattlesnake Roundup through the JCs. They they wanted to call it the rattlesnake gravel grind. And I really think that it's a very fitting name for it. Um, the good news is it happens two weeks right before our event. So we don't have to worry about many snakes out on the course. They'll, uh, they'll all be cleaned up by that point in time. Well, good. Well, good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no fun to run into one of those. So, <laughs> but, um, uh, well, well, Matt, Matt and Justin, uh, we, I know you guys, uh, you guys have been doing gravel for, for a bit. Um, so how, how did y'all hear about, uh, the rattlesnake gravel, uh, gravel grind last year and, um, what drew you to that, to this event? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead, Justin. No, I was going to say Matt has much more gravel experience than I do. So he might be able to uh, lead, lead a little bit better here. Uh, I heard about it from meeting David at the beat the streets, uh, road rally. Uh, I don't remember the year, but, uh, I went to that and, uh, won that one year. And, um, he had talked to me about making this event, uh, happen, the gravel grind. And, um, 
he would send me some of the courses and, you know, kind of get my input and just see what I thought. And, um, so I knew, knew it before it was even, uh, uh, came to happen. So yeah, I was interested in, in what he got put together and, uh, was, uh, excited to make it out to, uh, to the event last year. All right. All right. And, uh, and, it, and you, did you, um, I forget, I know, uh, David, you sent me the placings, but, um, I don't have it here in front, front of me. How, how did you do Matt? Uh, I got third place, um, at the gravel grind. And this was in the long event and Justin got second and Ted King got first place. Okay. Okay. And how, how does it compare to, uh, to other events that you've done? I mean, cause it, it looks like, um, it, I see you, you know, you've, you've done unbound and, uh, uh, gravel locos, right. And yeah, I've, I've done almost every major gravel race in the U S I would say, um, especially all the really old ones. So been racing gravel for about 10 years now. Um, but seriously the last five. So race a lot of, a lot of events all over the country and, you know, it's definitely a unique experience, uh, especially in Texas, you know, we get, um, here in DFW or Austin or San Antonio, Houston, like we're used to kind of our terrain and mm. kind of average Hills and, you know, wooded areas, but West Texas is definitely a different place. So, it's uh it was definitely a really cool experience to to head yeah. out there and see the different landscapes um different climate and terrain and everything like that so um definitely a cool experience and and Ju- and justin how how'd you uh how'd you approach the race uh last year yeah so i, I was looking at rattlesnake gravel grind as being my my last prep for pro nationals the following weekend um, I, I'd, I'd spent most of last year racing in Europe, um, and came back to the U S at the beginning of May and was just looking to get a little bit of fine tuning in before, uh, pro road nats in Knoxville. Um, and rattlesnake gravel grind was like the same distance, uh, mm-hmm. like both time and, uh, distance wise as road nationals was the following week, which hindsight, maybe doing a big event that close to road nationals, maybe <laughs> not the smartest idea, but, um, it was it I, I don't think i could have picked a better event to to match the uh uh, uh what's it called the physical effort that i was going to need to need to replicate it at road nats um and there's in the middle of summer in texas there's very minimal racing going on um so it, it fit the calendar pretty perfectly for me yeah yeah it, it'll definitely uh if you're not acclimate it to to heat <laughs> may and june uh well i guess any time between may and may and august that'll definitely get you there in texas yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a rough awakening after spending months in 60 and 70 degrees and wearing every piece of winter kit i had <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so so how about the change to to march I know, david you guys are moving it it was in june last year so this this year it's uh it's it's in late March. Um so how how's that move looking for you guys? Um well we always expect better weather in March. Uh we don't have to worry about the brutal Texas heat and that happens in June. Um 
hunting's a big thing around here. This is kind of a hunting mecca of West Texas, just the terrain and uh, plenty of wildlife. And so we always kind of had to um, juggle hunting season um, for this area. And it just so happens in, in late March, there's not a hunting season that we'll have to deal with. Um, our event crosses over 11 ranches around this area. And uh, we want to make sure that the ranch owners are able to lease out their property for hunting. And we don't interfere with anything like that because that is definitely a draw to this area. So, and, and, and Justin and Matt, how the, does the, does that move to March uh, shift kind of your preparation for, for this or, or other events? Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be more welcome as far as, you know, better weather. Uh, everybody's racing the same race, whether it's in the middle of summer, or middle of winter, but uh, yeah, it'll be definitely be cooler temps in the spring. Um, so even us guys going fast, finishing in five hours, we'll, we'll be, we'll be just fine in the, you know, cooler temps. Um, but especially for the, the riders out there just looking to finish, you know, it'll be better for them as far as not being stuck in the heat of the day mm -hmm. to get, you know, there's not a lot of shade out there sometimes, you know, yeah. pretty exposed in places, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, be great weather. I'm sure. Uh, as far as the season goes, you know, yeah, spring's packed with races for sure. So um, there's races every weekend before and after a haul over, but um, David's found a good date to to fit in to that to that spring schedule. Yeah, and and Justin, how about for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely same boat. I think cooler temps are going to make for a much more dynamic race um, for for everyone. Um, not being zapped by the heat immediately definitely adds a different different layer to to the event whether you're racing or riding and i think it's going to make a more enjoyable day out for everyone for sure um and then season wise as well um there's a couple big races before and a couple big races after so it kind of fits in uh pretty well for uh like training wise with my schedule as well um got mid-south uh, a couple weeks before um big one and then uh, coming up through April, that's kind of when all the big road stuff starts happening in the U.S. So it's mm -hmm. kind of nice little uh, pivot point in my calendar to swap over from gravel to road uh, for me. Yeah, and you know one of the neat aspects I think uh, of gravel, uh, as I started kind of exploring it, um, I just personally I just finally built up my first gravel bike, and so I've started to dabble in it. Um, is, you know, the, I guess the, most of the, the events are mass start events and, um, yeah, I know this is one such race. Um, you guys as, as pros, you know, what, what's that experience for you guys? Like, you know, um, in terms of you know, the amateur cyclists or, or the, or the, uh, being able to, to, to ride next to, to you guys and everything, uh, you know, I know it's, it's it's a high for for those folks and i'm just curious like what's that experience like for you guys too uh yeah last year david had a pre-ride the day before uh ted king and i went on it um we had a little lunch afterwards i'm not sure what he has planned this this next year but yeah the got to ride with every you know people that showed up early and uh 
just check out the course and just chat and everything. Um, you know, we're regular people too. We just go a little bit faster, you know? So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, fun to get to talk to new, meet new people and from different parts of the country and, um, different walks of life, you know, they're, they have their own nine to five and they're, they're interested in what, what our life is like, um, as, as cyclists, uh, full-time cyclists. So, um, just nice to get to talk to them and share our experiences. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think this adds to the whole, um, aspect of, of one the uh, the rattlesnake event itself but to the um, all the gravel uh, gravel rides that are following a similar um race style uh, it's everyone's out there riding bikes and doing it because they enjoy riding bikes um, and it's cool to connect with people like that because that's that's one thing that brings us all together whether different age different uh demographic different uh area we're living in um and then like matt was saying when we're just the guys that are going to go a little bit faster at the end of the day. Um, but we're still there for very similar reasons with everyone out there. Okay. And, um, is there, is there a particular setup that, that you guys, um, I mean, think, think, I don't know if you guys think, remember back to, to June, but is there like a particular setup that you look at or, uh, for your equipment going into this race or, uh, or other events as well? I think especially for me, hydration is key and as many water bottles as I can fit on the bike. I don't know how, I don't know if I'll be racing with a pack yet. Um, like especially for, for hotter events, it might, might end up being the move. But, um, for me, having, having the ability to put three or four water bottles on the bike, um, and bring as much water with you as possible because that, especially in Texas, if once you, once you dehydrate, once you're out of water, you're, your, your day's done pretty much. Um, equipment wise, I think that's going to vary course to course and kind of depend on, uh, like terrain. Um, and then like what the, what the actual gravel is going to be like. I know some places have chunkier gravel, some places it's sandier and that's going to definitely, uh, deliberate on tire choice there. Um, apart from that, I'm really inexperienced in gravel. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just shooting, shooting every shot I have, um, and seeing what, what works and what doesn't right now. Uh, for me, the, yeah, the hydration definitely is just dependent on the course of what, what they have for aid stations, how far spaced out they are, um, as to, you know, how much water I'm going to take. So really have to just look at the course map and, and plan out you know, best I can, what, what, uh, my refills are going to be for the bike and the setup. Like, yeah, it definitely varies race to race. Um, so of course getting out to pre-ride is best so you can check out the course, but yeah, seeing what other people have done in the past, um, on the course. So likely we'll have a similar course to last year. And, you know, the thing is these are gravel roads. They change every week so mm -hmm. you know some it, it'll always be a surprise or two as far as uh you know fresh fresh gravel that's super chunky or you know it's packed down and rained last week so you never really know what you're gonna get but 38 to 40 millimeter tires are always kind of a safe bet um i use semi-slick options um from pan eraser and um gearing wise 
sometimes you have a chance to change out your gearing, but uh, not everyone can really do that. But for, for David's course at Rattlesnake, um, yeah, there there is one major hill that you will need pretty small gears because otherwise you would think, oh, it's pretty flat. We're going to go fast. Um, but there was um, a few significant hills that you did need quite a range of gears just to just depends on your strength level of how fast you can go um, to really what that gearing is best for you. But um, you will need a good range of gears at Rattlesnake. Very good. And are, are y'all both, are both you, you guys on uh one by or, or y'all using uh two by on, on y'all's bikes? One by for sure. One by. Yep. I'm on one by, I have the Explorer derailleur. Um, so like a 1044, range in the back and then i change out the front chain ring um to suit the course uh ted runs one by also he runs a eagle cassette i'm not sure if it was 1050 or 1052 but um yeah a lot of people run either an explore group for one by or um an eagle um but shimano does offer that as well Good. And, and then, uh, I know we've talked a lot about racing, but, but David, it's, it's, it's also for, for the, for the beginners too, because you have different, uh, distances that people can try and you've got aid stations set up too. So, um, could you talk about what you have for, for the beginner or the recreationalists as well? Just gifts from our community. Um, a local Western wear store has donated a hundred cowboy hats. So we'll be giving those out five pairs of, of sunglasses um, will be given out, hats, t-shirts, things like that. Everybody's everybody's a winner. Um, there is <laughs> going to be some awesome prizes. We're going to do belt buckles for first, second, third place uh, for the 110-mile route and the 60-mile route. The Sweetwater Chamber of Commerce is very, very generous to us. And um, because of that, we're able to provide some great prizes. Uh, like I said, for all ranges, every, everybody's going to get something nice to take home. Mm-hmm. Last year, we had five rest stops, uh, SAG support all over the course. As of yesterday, we're going to add a sixth rest stop. And whenever I say rest stop, that means porta potties, food, drink, everything. Uh, you can ask Matt and Justin. This is a very well supported event uh, the volunteer fire departments that are we're actually raising money for will will aid the stops and then a um, local business around here has uh, came to me yesterday and asked if they could set up a rest stop so uh, and they're i think they're planning on cooking hot dogs and really making it a big event having some music and things where us average joes can hang out and just have a good time so um if you look at the schedule of the event, you know, Friday night when people are picking up their packets, there's also going to be some food available, some beer available, um, and then a nice concert at the end of the day. Uh, Saturday, same thing. We're going to have some uh, food available, uh, beer, and, and, and a concert at the end of the day to kind of celebrate everything. Um, and it won't just be just the participants of the event. It'll be the volunteer fire department. So kind of like what you're saying a while ago, the, the pros and the average Joes get to ride together, all the cyclists and ever, all the volunteers, all the volunteer fire departments. It's going to be a, a big community event to bring all those people together. Um, so you actually get to see the, the people that you're 
helping out and the, investing in our little community out here in West Texas, you'll actually get to see the people that are receiving that money from the event. So it's, it's very special to them. Uh, we, were able, we were able to raise $30,000 for the volunteer fire departments last year. And it's a big number to me. It might not sound like a big number to a lot of people, but I tell you that money goes a long way for a volunteer fire department. So uh, they're very, very grateful for, for all the people that come out to, to the event. And uh, like I said, they love cycling. Uh, they, they help out with beat the streets. They always mm-hmm. have. And uh, given the chance to give back to them is quite an honor. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, it looked like folks had a good time from the, from the pictures I saw online uh, in the gallery and uh, a lot, a lot of different gravel types that, that were, that you kind of ran across. Yeah, I I think um, one thing you mentioned is is the what you're giving back to the community too. I think that's a lot of times. I think that's what what, what may be missing, or or maybe uh, like I think of road racing. You know, we've lost events over over the years because you know we you know road road racers have not not to disparage it because I'm a road racer too, <laughs> but. Um, you know, we've lost events over time because the you know, communities get tired of us or, you know, or and this and that. But it seems like the gravel races, you know, the communities, it's like these communities have, that, that have this gravel experience out there uh, have really kind of drawn around these events a, as a way to promote their town and, you know, draw in some, some tourist dollars that haven't been there in the past. And, um, and then if you have this help that you're providing too to the community, it really helps put a positive light on, on the sport as well. And, and uh, yeah, I like to see that, you know, where we've been losing events on the roadside, it's like, it seems like gravel events are, are popping up more and more and becoming more and more popular with the communities. Um, and, and I would, I would think that, some of that is because of what what's being given back as opposed to you know just coming in and, and looking for a permit disrupting traffic and things like that you know so um so that's nice to see i don't know if i have a real question there but <laughs> just an observation well this uh, is uh, oh go ahead yeah the i mean these events like david's putting on they're definitely mutually beneficial um to to both sides you know we get to come and have a good race and the community um you know gets benefit out of it and but that's why they these you know these kind of relationships are going to be ones that grow and continue so that'll be um good for good for us having nice quality races and and support from the community uh last year i went to the pre-race event uh in town and it was cool to listen to live music and you know meet some of the locals and um you know just get to interact with the community more so than just hanging out in your hotel and lining up at the race start and heading home um or just you know just meeting just the bike racers uh but it was it was nice to interact and meet with some of the locals as well and then, Ed, and then your your guys sponsors uh, with Lauf and then um, uh, with CT team Skyline. I mean, how what what 
how do they feel about uh, gravel? I mean, is it is it also like just it's I, I, it seems like it's more than just promoting the the products, but uh, you know what? Do you have a feel for what what their draw to the to the gravel scene is? Uh, yeah, one note I should say I'm now writing for uh, Continental Team Nova Nordisk. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're totally good. Um, myself and everyone on our team is actually type one diabetic, so we're uh, uh, riding around racing, um, racing across the world, doing road races, uh, gravel races, everything, um, showing that diabetes is uh, not a limitation uh, by any sense, uh, for sure. Um, but it's uh, our, our team missions to inspire, educate, and empower um, all those either uh, directly affected by diabetes or if you're, uh, if you know someone or um, have something else that's uh, just a, in your life as well, it's it doesn't have to be a challenge for you. Because um, uh, I definitely don't think it's slowed me down at all, and I'm going to race my bike as hard as I can, whether for uh, whether it's a race or not, right? Um, but the team is very, very supportive of, uh, of myself attending events like this because it, it reaches, um, it has a big outreach. Um, there's a lot of people that attend these events that wouldn't necessarily tune into road racing, um, because these events are, uh, supportive of everyone that shows up and doesn't have that like real A type personality that's often associated with, uh, with road racing. Mm-hmm. And it caters to everyone as well. Um, people can come out and ride it and have fun and still have a great day out. And then Matt and I can duke it out and ride as hard as we possibly can and still have a great day out as well. Yeah, my sponsor, Lauf, uh, who I actually work for as well, um, they you know started with a suspension fork and have moved to, to building bikes uh, as well. So they're huge into gravel. They're started in Iceland and that's, you know, their main, main thing is gravel. So they sponsor events all over the world. Um, they put on one as well in Iceland and, uh, yeah, they, when I got sponsored by them, you know, I was like, Oh, which event do you want to do? Or which events do you want me to do or be at? Or what do you want from, from me, from my end? And they were just like, we just want you to have fun. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So <laughs> I can uh, kind of pick my own calendar and, um, you know, whatever race I really want to go to. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, I just got back from Mississippi. There was a Lauf sponsored race there um, last weekend. And yeah, just whatever event is on the calendar that, that looks fun. That's, uh, that's where I'll be. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and is it, is there, other than, I guess, well, how how quickly do you guys finish this course? As first, because I because I did, uh, you know, I did one gravel event. So for like, you know, I guess gravel event, you know, so to speak, uh, it re- recently, and I think it was like 50, I did six. I was supposed to do sixty. I ended up cutting the course short at like fifty five or something but it t- it 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 took longer than expected my buddy had told me he was like he was like plan on about four hours you know or so and I was like yeah 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 okay and it, and it and and it did it took it took me about four or four and a half hours you know somewhere in that range I stopped at all the breakpoints to get the experience uh, I needed it and it and it was uh it, it was uh 
but they were they were also fun because there was a, like a, a beer and bacon stop and there was a secret bar where they had some uh a whiskey shot and stuff like that so but uh i'm just curious like on for you guys how how quickly are y'all finishing a course like this because it, it was harder than i thought it would be yeah i think we we're so, like five and a half hours last year or so it was yeah wow. yeah most most uh you know elite uh, elite guys or um or races that have some elite guys that i'm told be averaging generally 20 miles an hour is what the winter speed is 20 to 21 pretty pretty consistent on on average speed you know the bigger the group the faster we'll go um mm-hmm. but that's pretty pretty nail on what what we're going to average so that's that's kind of what you plan for as far as like how many calories we take and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah so that's the front and yeah you can go as slow as you want at the back <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it it was it was harder than i thought you know but um you know it, the nice thing was i mean I, I i wasn't i wasn't trying to to beat any records out there and so it was yeah uh so i didn't feel super you know as beat up as i thought i would at the end uh but um i'm, I'm sure if i would have been you know racing it racing the course um it would have been different, but the, um, the other thing is it, it just took a, it took a little while, uh, as a first time gravel person, it was, I mean, it took, took a little while to get used to the handling of the bike, you know, versus, uh, you know, what I experienced on the road. It's like, so, uh, it probably took a good, good 30 minutes or so to kind of at least feel confident enough on the gravel even though i was you know on a gravel bike with gravel tires and everything it's yeah, sliding around on skinny tires is a interesting feeling <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um did, i mean was were, were there because you you recently transitioned to to gravel um what what was the some of the things that you had to watch out for um in that transition justin uh, the big thing for me, uh, as far as racing goes right now, is probably figuring out tire choice. Um, I think gearing-wise, I, I, I think I'm lucky enough to be strong enough that I can just put a big gear on and I'll probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm uh, still very new to figuring out what tire choice, what tire pressure. I think I was running like 65 or 70 PSI at the event last year and just like bouncing off of everything. Mm-hmm. And just like wide, like sliding around. You can see Matt's eyes just... <laughs> wide open right now um and i've since lowered that um but i i don't want to flat and also i'm like coming off of road racing where we have like 90 100 psi like normally um and that's like relatively low compared to uh what what we were running like five years ago um mm-hmm. that's probably the big big thing for me position wise I, I got the bike set up pretty pretty dang close to what my road bike is so it feels very very natural for me um and then like all the hydration and fueling is a pretty much a direct uh direct comparison to road racing for me and i've got a, a pretty pretty good uh like fueling plan set up already mm-hmm. uh, as long as they stick to that i'll generally be fine um but adding it's it it, it's nice because this is adding like a whole nother level to to this uh, to the racing side. Um, and it definitely definitely makes it more dynamic from from the very start. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's super super fun to 
like because there's there's a bunch of different pieces you can play and uh, see what works, see what doesn't, see what's going to be faster, what's not. Um, yeah, and that's that's all part of the game of playing, right? Yeah, and, and I imagine it 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 also keeps your interest because I mean, it, um, the, I mean at times you know, with, with road, you know, sometimes they get out there right in the same route over and over again, or you know, similar experience and this and that. But it seems like gravel it's probably different every time you you ride it, even the same course as Matt was mentioning that the roads change every day. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a very real thing. The same road two days in a row is not necessarily going to be the same, uh, same ride. Well, good. Well, good deal. Uh, and, and then Matt, um, I mean, sorry, David, um, how, how, how late did you guys stay out there for, for the final riders? Did you guys have any, uh, we planned for 10 hours to have the long route finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually took a little over six hours for the last okay. two to come through, but, um, they came through and, and we're still upright afterwards. They, <laughs> they were able to hang out and have a good time after the event, but, uh, we do it kind of for two things. We, we don't ask too much out of the volunteer fire departments and the SAG support to be out mm-hmm. there all day. Um, and so we, we just kind of budgeted a 10 hour day, but. Um, at the end, those two guys had like the most support probably out of anyone because <laughs> um, all the support was right around them and they were there for them the whole way through. And uh, they got plenty of cheering whenever they came in. There's uh, it may have been it, it was awesome seeing Ted King and Justin and Matt fly across the finish line. But it was also pretty awesome to see those two guys because, um, man, they gave it all they had that day. And that. It was the longest gravel race that both of them had done. Um, so they were pumped up about it afterwards. And so were all the volunteers, everybody that was sitting there watching them. But, uh, yeah, it, it took quite a while to get them to, to cross the finish line. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think back to, to some, some of my hard, hardest, uh, rides, you know, whether they were just with small groups of people or, or in an event and, I mean, there, there's a definitely a feeling of accomplishment when you finish, especially when you're up up against the wall or it's your first time doing something of that of that nature or distance. That, uh, yeah, so it's it's great to hear that that those you know they're being celebrated too and and uh, you know looked after too. So so we talked about um, the roundup, uh, the gravel grind itself. Um, yeah, so so David, are there any uh, any other uh, points that that you want to talk about either about Sweetwater. Oh, you know, we didn't talk really a whole lot about about what else you can do in Sweetwater. So is is there um, is there a rodeo that weekend too, or is or is or is that one of their weekends off? Um, yeah, most weekends, if not all, in Sweetwater, there's a rodeo going on. It just so happens the weekend of the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind this year is the College Finals Rodeo, and so the best college rodeo teams from around the country will be here in Sweetwater. Uh, so if someone decides not to hang out at the dinner concerts at the end of the day, they can go watch the, some of the best college rodeo finalists uh, here in Sweetwater. Uh, we got quite a setup at the Coliseum and it draws people, same thing from all over the country to our little town and Everybody here in Sweetwater is sure proud of of the Coliseum and all that it brings into this community. So, 
Yeah. It sounds like too, because um, you mentioned there's, there's about 50 weeks out of the year they have a rodeo. So, um, so if you have a great experience in Sweetwater for this, you can always go back and sure. check out, check out the rodeo too. So Matt, Justin, have you, have you guys ever done any bull riding or anything? I've been to plenty <laughs> of rodeos, but, uh, never, never ridden any. <laughs> yeah. No, n- neither have I. <laughs> What's Same that, Justin? Boat. Same boat here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I've gone I've gone to plenty of rodeos growing up, uh, but uh, but no, ne- never never ridden ridden a bull or uh, I've ridden a horse, but not a, not a, not competitively, not in not in a rodeo. <laughs> maybe, maybe it qualified as a pony. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but well, good, well, good, well, uh, Matt and Justin, is there anything that you'd like to add or? Um, no, m- biggest one. Thank you to thank you, to David, for uh, uh, involving us uh, so much for the the next edition of Rattlesnake Gravel Grind. Uh, it was a great event in the first year, and very very excited to see it grow for the second. Um, it's yeah, it's a, a cool event to have in Texas because um, I think it is uh, arguably one of the premier gravel races um, in Texas now. And it seems like David's putting in work to make it the the biggest and best, and very excited to see where it goes. Oh, and David, one more item we should talk about is the uh, the raffle you have that ties into the event. Could you talk a bit about that? Yes, our Trek's been very good to us. Um, they provided a Checkpoint SLR6 ETAP. It's about an $8,000 bike, uh, which we've started a raffle for. You don't have to be present to win. Uh, anyone can purchase a ticket. Uh, we'll actually do the drawing during the rattlesnake roundup two weeks before uh, the gravel grind um, to kind of show off, you know, what's going on in the community prior to the gravel grind. Um, and then representatives from Trek will present the bike at, at the gravel grind. So um, we're looking forward to that and partnership with Trek going forward. Uh, they've recently bought a, uh, Peyton's Bikes, which was in Midland, Odessa, and San Angelo, and uh, they're big into the gravel scene in West Texas, and we're very thankful for them. So, well, yeah, and, and that and that bike was actually, um, I believe, that's the same model um, that that I rode for the uh, uh, for the Rock and Road 100 here uh, that. Uh, one of the reps uh, let me borrow her bike for that for that event because I, di- I didn't have mine ready yet. Um, and uh, but it, it I mean, incredibly light, and uh, I was surprised. I think it was lighter than, I mean, at least it felt lighter <laughs> or as light as my road bike. And uh, but it, it rode incredibly well uh, on on the gravel uh, as well as the road. At least with with her the, her setup that she had. I think she had some some forty mil uh gr wines on it which uh but um it 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 was a it was a it was a sweet ride <laughs> it's a very good looking bike very lightweight um electric shifting internal power meter um everything that i'd won i, I wish i wouldn't have spent the money <laughs> on the bike that i did but uh i know what i'm looking for in the future so there you go there you go so well, good. Well, um, yeah. So folks can can get those raffle tickets, uh, or they can. 
sign up for the raffle online um, and uh, go out there. And then for the for the rattlesnake uh, gravel grind, um, how do people sign up in general? What's, what's the website? Um, uh, rattlesnake gravel grind dot bike. Um, just go online. It's uh, got all the information that you need. Uh, we have hotel partnerships, discounted rooms, just with the mention of the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind, schedule of events, gallery of, of the photographs that were taken by different volunteers from last year. Um, everything's on there. It's uh, And the thing about the website is that's just another volunteer in Sweetwater that put that together. Uh, we're not paying anybody to to do that we don't pay anybody for social media or anything so uh, it it's pretty nice to see just the people of sweetwater step up and whatever it takes to to help these people out we're we're willing to do it so is there a cutoff uh for for the sign up their deadline you can sign up the day of okay so, yeah it's uh Red Dirt Race Management is the one that does the chip timing for us, and uh, mm -hmm. they handle it very well. Um, they're the ones that do Unbound and Mid-South, uh, all the, I guess, larger events in the nation. And uh, Fabian Seralta with Gravel Locos, he's the one that that turned me on to them, and we were nothing but impressed with, uh, with them this year. And uh, going forward, we're going to stick with them. Like I said, we're a small event right now, but they're able to handle those those larger events really well, and so they make it look easy whenever it comes to ours. But uh, but yeah, you can register anytime. So all right, well, uh, well, I, again, I appreciate you guys uh, get, getting up early for this. I, I know I know road cyclists usually get up early anyway, <laughs> uh, or gravel cyclists too, but. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, get, getting up and getting on a podcast at, at six is definitely, definitely appreciated. It's not lost on me. You guys are, um, either giving up training time or giving up, uh, sleep time, uh, for this. And, um, and David, I, I look forward to hearing, hearing how the, how the event goes. Um, if, if it's possible for me to make it up there for, for that, uh, time frame, I'll, I'll definitely try. Um, but, um, yeah, it's 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 just neat to see the different events coming together, and uh, I'm looking forward personally just to to getting my bike dirty at some of these events uh, coming up. So, thanks again to David, Justin, and Matt for being on. The Rattlesnake Gravel Grind is on March 25th this year, with additional activities both the day before and after. Whether you're going to grind it or race it. Go to rattlesnakegravelgrind.bike for info and registration. All right, now let's look around the state to see what else is coming up here in Texas. On February 4th and 5th, you can open up your road race legs with the Cedar Hill Race Festival. Then after a week off, get three weekends of racing at some Texas road race institutions collectively marketed in at least one flyer as the Tour de Texas. Race 1 is the Icebreaker at the Austin Driveway on February 19th. Race 2 is Pace Bend on February 24th through 26th in Spicewood. And then Race 3 is La Primavera at Lago Vista 
on March 4th and 5th. You can hear more about both The Driveway and La Primavera on past episodes of Drop Bar Texas. Registration for Cedar Hill, The Icebreaker, and Pace Bend are all on bikereg.com. And Lago Vista's registration isn't up just yet, but stay on the lookout. I'm sure it'll be up before you know it. All right, now the first episode of Year 5 is in the books. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You may also follow Drop Bar Texas on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a ride to promote, a cool story to share, or a question, email dropbartx at gmail.com. And until next time, have fun, enjoy the sun, or just rule five it. <laughs>